0: What conversations am I going to have? Where do I need to be present? Who do I need to be talking with? Who do I need to be supporting and celebrating and recognizing? Once you've done that foundational work and identified those key um, elements to your your digital brand, your day-to-day activity is very simple because algorithms are incredibly smart. And once you've told them what you're looking for and what you're interested in, they will continue to feed you information that is increasingly refined to suit your circumstances. Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication.
1: Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. Today, we welcome back a friend of the program, Roger Christie. For those of you who did not recently listen to the episode that Roger recorded, please do so before we get into this conversation, because the reason we are having a part two of the conversation is that we ran out of runway during part one, and we were starting to get into some quite interesting uh, technical sides of how do you best use social media. So before you get uh, caught up in this particular episode? Jump back and have listened to that one, and I'm sure you will certainly enjoy today's conversation as well. Now, Roger is the founder and managing director of Propel, which is an award-winning consultancy helping leaders and organisations get more from social media. Yep. Roger has experience coaching government leaders and teams in their use of social media for strategic communication, relationship building, issues and crisis response having worked with over 30 federal, state and local government agencies in Australia over the years. Uh, He joins me now on the program once again. Roger, welcome back to GovComps. Thanks for having me, David. Really appreciate it. Now listen, before we get into that technical side of things and using the framework that you've developed, which I really do want to do, um, some exciting news from Propel. Um, You've released uh, some survey uh, research work um, uh, that focuses on the social media of the Victorian Premier Dan Andrews during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, what what, What were the results?
0: Yeah, it's actually great timing, given our last conversation, to now be able to talk to something which is more of that hard evidence that I think people have been looking for. So, yeah, it was the Digital Government Leadership Report, and we did that in partnership with the team at Brandwatch, which uh, some of your listeners may know is an advanced social listening and intelligence platform. And, and, yeah, we looked at Dan Andrews through COVID, but also comparing that to pre-COVID times because we thought, you know, who better to observe in terms of how someone has been using their own digital brand and how they've been using that um, digital presence to build connection and rapport with citizens? Um, who better to look at than someone who would, I would argue has probably faced the greatest amount of trial and uh, and, and criticism and certainly strain uh, on their uh, performance and their decisions over that 18-month window. So we looked back at at what had happened before COVID just to get a bit of a baseline on his activity and then looked forward through to 2020 and early 2021 um, just to compare and contrast, well, what impact did any of his online activities have on citizens, what impact did his activities have on the broader Victorian government and the perceptions of both him and and the government. So, yeah, it's a really good time to be able to talk to you and and share some of those findings. Okay, so what were the findings? Yeah, look, I think there's a really key message that I would love people to take away from today, if nothing else. Um, And, you know, I appreciate everyone's on their own Digital journey at the moment, whether you are a leader yourself or whether you're advising those leaders. You know, you might be someone who's been looking for something to help uh, kick along the discussion around that, you know, your leaders' participation uh, online. So using platforms like LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook to engage audiences. And the one message is, and what comes clearly through that report is by building a purposeful digital brand leaders give themselves the greatest opportunity to protect their own reputation, but also their organisation or their agency's reputation um, and to build trust and rapport with stakeholders. And why that's such an important message, David, is because, you know, in my view, it flies in the face of a lot of legacy attitudes or preconceptions around social media, around participating in online discussions. There seems to be this, you know, long-held belief that social media equals risk, And what this report shows through um, exploring Dan Andrews' activities and the citizen response to him, you know, we looked at over 3 million tweets, so it's no no small data sample size there. What comes through that is his participation is actually what protected his reputation and what drove uh, positive sentiment and favourability through a really challenging period uh, in the state of Victoria. So what you're saying is that Dan Andrews, the person,
1: and certainly the team supporting dan andrews that they needed to to work on his as, as a person as opposed to the premier of victoria or the head of the premier's department that it was important that
0: dan andrews was seen as a person correct and i think it's just about respecting the way that different channels um or the role that different channels play and the way that they can and should be used and i think Often, again, with that risk mindset, and I think it's fair to say across the public sector, with a risk mindset, there's been a natural aversion to using social media in a personable or more human way. And there's seemingly been much more comfort in sitting behind the institution and behind the brand to let the brand and the institution have those conversations online for, I suppose, thinking that it would be safer. Uh, that, that you would attract less criticism and less risk uh, if you were sitting behind the, the brand of the agency or the, or the government body. What we've seen through this research is the exact opposite is true. The human brand, and as you say, by bringing some of that, that human and personal element to it, the human brand is actually what acts as a digital shield for these leaders and for their um, for their agencies or their organisations. So it's a really important message to land here. People expect a degree of humanity and a degree of connection in social media. So you can't bring the old ways of communication and engagement into social media and expect to get along. You need to bring um, more of yourself, uh, more of your human qualities, more of your values, um, what what you uh, stand for, what you want to be known for. You need to bring those things into this environment if you are to have success. And if you look at the example of Dan Andrews, it's very clear. And again, political persuasions, partisanship aside, all that sort of stuff to one side. If you look at his example, it's very clear what he stands for. It's very clear what his tone of voice is. And it's very clear that that, those qualities resonate with people and it leads to, you know, a groundswell of support even in really challenging times.
1: Now, in terms of the analysis that I read, a lot of the data that you were looking at was from Twitter why did you analyse Twitter in such detail? And when you think about the different types of channels, if we might just go through, sorry, the, the different channels or platforms, whatever you want to call them. Um, first of all, let's, let's examine that issue around Twitter, but then perhaps look at some of the other
0: uh, the channels, you know, the, your link, LinkedIn's, yeah. Facebook, TikToks, et cetera. Yeah, sure. So, look, the reason we looked at Twitter was quite simple in the sense that we wanted to get the biggest pool of data in order to be able to do a thorough analysis. So we had some questions that we wanted to answer. When we conceived the idea of the report working with Brandwatch, we wanted to find those ingredients that would provide basically the best and most complete answer to people out there looking to find an answer on the value of a digital brand. And again, as I said, that's essentially why we chose Dan Andrews in the first place. Those 175 days, I think it was, of lockdown uh, in 2020. These were all conditions that led us to think, well, if we get an answer through this it's gonna be a very compelling one. So the reason we then looked at Twitter is because uh, being more publicly available information than other channels, it was easy to to dip in and see both what he as an individual was doing, what the the government as a whole was doing, and also what the citizen or consumer response to him would be. And that's what gave us those 3 million odd uh, tweets and and the, the level of information that we could use to make some informed decisions and to identify trends over time too. So that's why we looked at Twitter. With any channel, though, as you're saying, all these different platforms we have access to today, um, I think the important thing is to understand where is your audience, where are they most active, how and and in what form, I suppose, do they uh, want to engage with you, what role can you play in their lives on that particular platform, and then making your choices from there. We have a lot of uh, you know, clients, both across the public and private sector, who I think feel naturally much more comfortable in a LinkedIn environment because there's a perception that it is perhaps more professional and therefore they're less likely to face criticism. It's less you know, time intensive, if you want to call it that, the speed at which it moves compared to a platform like Twitter, for example. Um, but that doesn't mean that everyone should have a LinkedIn profile and that everyone should focus on LinkedIn. The question should always be, well... Who do I need to be uh, connected with? Who do I need to understand? And where can I best do that online? And if the answer is Twitter, then the answer is Twitter. If the answer is LinkedIn, then the answer is LinkedIn. And all we say to our clients is make sure you've answered that question first before you jump in, because we see plenty of examples where, you know, even political figures, they jump onto Twitter because they feel it's where politicians do their best work. And then you go in and you look at some of the comments, and they're incredibly critical. And it's simply about understanding where is your audience online, where do they expect you to be, and how can you build the best and strongest relationships uh, that support your reputation? So yeah, it's a a horses for courses analogy, I suppose, here, David.
1: Okay. And so in terms of that audience, how do you find out where they are
0: and at what times of the day that they they might be most interested in what you have to say? Yeah, it's a really good question. So, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why Propel was so keen to partner with Brandwatch because we could get that depth of understanding around learning where these conversations were taking place. And, and so you're almost starting from a, an insights or an information-led approach to building a digital brand rather than just you know licking your finger and sticking in the air, which can be fraught with danger. So by doing these sorts of listening and, and deep dive analysis um, uh, reports or exercises, looking at topics of interest to you and your constituents, looking at your own uh, brand references, your name, the name of your agency you're representing, um, key people, key, key leaders across your agency. Doing these sorts of practical exercises to start really sets the foundations for building an effective and purposeful digital brand that, that protects your reputation rather than putting it at risk. It basically it, It's like when you walk into a room And we're now walking back into rooms, which is really encouraging. But when you walk into a room, you want to know who you're going in there to meet. You don't want to walk in there cold and and not know who you're going to talk to or know what you're going to talk about or know what interests resonate with those people. The exact same thinking and logic applies in the digital environment. You need to know who you're talking to before you jump in there. Otherwise, you risk talking about the wrong things, coming across as tone deaf uh, putting people off altogether, and those are risks that no leader needs today. So, and, and I think listening is part of, and this is what we talked about in the last conversation, listening is part of that PLAN methodology, the plan methodology that we've developed, um, and it's an, it's such an c- important component to ensure that anything you do online is done with purpose and mitigates risk. Okay.
1: Now, we'll come to the PLAN because I want you to go through a bit of a uh, a step-by-step for people so as that they can... Um, learn and go and apply that in the way that they are going to give advice to to their particular leadership. But before we leave the research, was there any one thing that really surprised you about the analysis of the 3,000 tweets around the Victorian Premier, Dan Andrews?
0: Yeah. So look, I think the thing for me, and as I said, it does fly in the face of um, popular opinion, I suppose, is just how, well, two things, sorry. The, the one thing that, that I'd start with is just how important the human brand was to protect the organisation's brand. And when you think about it, a lot of uh, public sector organisations take the reverse view, which is let's keep our leaders away from these channels with the view that you know the, the institution can act as a punching bag and let's keep the leader away from it. And what our research shows is that the exact opposite is true. Not only is the, the leader um, a, a real opportunity here to build stronger connection, it's actually a way to deflect the blows away from the institution itself. And I would encourage people to go and have a look at the research because, you know, I don't want to get too numbersy today, but it, it, is, it does give some hard evidence that people might be looking for. And I think the other thing is that even in the most challenging of times, even when you're facing your greatest Uh, You know trials are your greatest criticism your greatest scrutiny from the public in those moments a digital brand is actually only going to help you and I know that people again and we've seen this with other leaders across other sectors as well when times get tough you see people go quiet online dan andrews didn't go quiet online nor did he go quiet with those whatever it was 100 odd uh, day or consecutive days of media briefings these things were done because he recognized and his team recognized the importance of turning up being accessible being you know as transparent as he could possibly be and using the channels that others were using to form and retain that connection so i think that the important message here for leaders too is one, yes, build your human brand and build a purposeful digital brand. But two, make sure that you recognise it's important to build it now so that when tough times come, you're ready and keep investing in that digital brand because it is the thing that's going to protect you when things go really pear-shaped.
1: Now, just in terms of getting access to that research for the audience, what's the, what's the easiest way or the best way for people to be able to
0: access the report from Propel and from Brandwatch? Yeah, look, the, the easiest thing to do, I mean, you, you're welcome to drop me an email or find me on LinkedIn. I'm just Roger Christie on LinkedIn. You're um, not just Roger Christie. You're Roger Christie. <laughs> well, there's a funny story about another Roger Christie in Hawaii that's a pro-cannabis minister, but that's a story for another day. We, we do have an ongoing Google feud. but yeah, So with, with uh, the report, by all means, drop me a note, or you're welcome to go to propelgroup.com.au. And, uh, and the report is there. It's the, the digital government leadership report. So yeah, love people to check it out, and, and we also welcome feedback too, Dave, because I think that these reports are, are great and helpful, and they give people a, a good um, catalyst for discussion. We love getting feedback on it, and, and its application and its use and its value, because that's really where the rubber hits the road. It's it's no good having a report that sits on a shelf. How can it be used and put into practice? Mm.
1: Now, um, classes in. Uh, we are now going to take people through the plan. Uh, framework. Because I think for a lot of people working out there in government communications, they've now got to walk it up the line, so to speak, to speak to the secretaries, to speak to the deputy secretaries. It's not so much the elected politicians that our audience is uh, engaged with. It's those, uh, you know, the chief scientist or the chief economist or the plant bioprotection, chief plant bio, bioprotection officer. So there are a lot of leaders Um, subject matter expert leaders across the public sector who really do need to take this opportunity and and a lot of our audience that's their responsibility to walk that um, responsibility forward so we're we're getting ready for that meeting and we've got the the plan framework now the plan framework stands for profile listening action and network so you're now going to help these good people get themselves ready for that first conversation with their leader about why it's important that they develop a digital brand.
0: Yeah, and it's a really good point too, David, just to call out that this research yes, it's focused on the political leader, but you're absolutely right. The application of these learnings applies to any leader. and I would argue even across the the private sector as well. What we're saying here is the human being behind an organisation has a great opportunity here to stand up, lead from the front, set an example, and in doing so, protect their reputation and the reputation of the organisations they represent. So that's a really key message to get across. Now, in terms of what do you do heading into that meeting? It's a really good picture that you've um, painted for us there. The first thing, as I said, well, look, let's walk through the methodology and then we'll, then we'll come back to, to how that applies here. So you said about the profile, listening, action and network or activity and network too. If When we look at plan, there's four components to your profile. Why that's important is everyone focuses on what happens when someone Googles my name. Everyone focuses on the profile element here. So as soon as you uh, go and meet someone face-to-face, you know, these days, let's be realistic, the first thing they're going to do when they get back to their desk, if they don't already know you, of course, is to go to Google and they're going to write in and say, well, you know, who is this person? Drop in your name and see what comes up. See if what they see online validates what you just told them in person and see whether you're someone that they can trust and work with going forward. That's the profile element of it and it's where we spend the most amount of our time and, and focus and energy. And at Propel, we like to talk about that as the tip of the iceberg. It's a thing that everyone always sees. It sits above the surface. But like with an iceberg, it's what's sitting beneath the surface that is really of substance and value. So that's where listening and the activity and network element comes in. So with listening, it's what we've talked through already and using tools like Brandwatch as part of your um, you know, understanding what's happening out there in the environment. Or, I mean, you can even use Google Alerts. It doesn't have to be a sophisticated tool at all. Listening and knowing what's going on out there The action is obviously, uh, or the activity is knowing uh, what to do, when to do it, how to influence conversations, how to have an impact in anything that you say and do online. And your network, I would argue, across the public sector is possibly one of the most underutilised resources, which is the company that you keep. And knowing uh, well, who you need to be connected with, both from an information source, um, from a relationship perspective, and purely from a perception perspective. Who do you need to have in your network to ensure that you can achieve what you're trying to? So that's where the plan methodology comes from. And we break it down in those four ways to make sure that uh, you know any of our clients that we're working with build that more holistic digital brand rather than focusing on profile and coming unstuck. So what can you do? if you're getting in into this situation, you're trying to start that conversation as you were saying. My recommendation to anyone who's trying to either help someone who up to this point has been reluctant for whatever reason, or it's simply something new that's popped on the radar and their leader is keen to pursue those opportunities, the very first thing I would recommend you do is Google your leader's name. Know what current perceptions are about them in the online environment, so that you're basically putting yourself in the shoes of someone who might be doing that research themselves. Know what that is, take some screenshots, capture some examples, see what information is there. Knowing that, and ideally, if they're already somewhat active, you know, their LinkedIn profile might be already high on that list of Google search results or their Twitter bio might be high on on that uh, list of results. Know what's out there um, to then inform your next step, which is, okay, well, how do we address any of these gaps and how do we build a more holistic and purposeful digital brand? So that's number one. Number two would be to go and do some of those early listening exercises. So, listen to conversations that are already taking place out there. Twitter is fantastic, Um, even if you just do a simple search through Twitter itself. You don't need fancy tools at this point. Just to get a feel for the, you know, the pulse of those conversations. What are people talking about? What is a potential threat? What is a potential opportunity? For your leader to participate in discussions and it might be something as simple as you there's a key piece of policy coming out or you've already introduced it what do people think about it what do people think about the issues related to it having that information when you go in and start a conversation with your leader is incredibly powerful um, and the next thing that I do and the only other thing to do before you go into that conversation is simply to look at their profile look at their digital footprint Look at their LinkedIn profile, for example, and see where might we be exposed to risk? Where might we be underutilizing some of the features and functionality that LinkedIn provides to protect your online and offline reputation? So what I mean by that is, how do you appear in, uh, on LinkedIn itself? Do you have a profile photo? Do you have your, your name and bio complete? Do people actually know that this is the right individual they're trying to connect with or that they're looking at? Or could it be that someone's you know catfishing, which is a lovely term, but someone who's trying to impersonate you online? By owning your own digital profile and by doing this sort of quick audit first, you're likely to, to set your leader up for success. So those would be three things that I would recommend doing before you go into that discussion.
1: Okay. So in terms then of this discussion that you're talking about, and that's obviously the personal brand around the individual themselves, but as you mentioned there before, you know, the launch of a policy, um, you know, connecting uh, the brand of the digital brand of the individual to the work of the organisation. How important is it that you make that connection between strategic or corporate objectives or priorities and
0: the personal brand? That's a really good question. I think it comes down to alignment. And when we talk about alignment, alignment with what people would expect of you in order to avoid conjecture, confusion, inconsistency and ultimately distrust. So the reason why it's important to bring that organisational lens or view to it, if it's policy or whatever it is, alongside the personal is that if one of those areas isn't properly represented online, then people are going to start to ask questions. And that's where things can start to fall apart. The classic example of that in a conversation that we have with a lot of clients when they're first taking steps into the online environment is, so which social issues should I align myself with? Which ones are, are going to be worthwhile, um, you know, my time investment or things that, uh, that I feel I can have a point of view on? And often my response back to them is, well, it's got to come from your core. It's got to be values-oriented. It's got to be something that you really do stand behind. Because if you look at social issues as a way to build uh, you know, awareness, um, you know, preference, I suppose, or favorability in the eyes of citizens or partners or whoever it is, staff even, that you're engaging online... The risk that you run is you come unstuck if you don't have that depth or authenticity um, of connection to that particular issue. So I really strongly recommend that people sit down and work out, okay, this is what our organisation, this is what my agency is trying to achieve. Those priorities are very clear. This is what I stand for, and this is what I want to bring to this um, environment and bring to this discussion. This is what I can contribute to this discussion, And, and I think importantly, what I'm authorised to talk about or have an opinion on. And if you get that balance right, that's when you're not regurgitating corporate messages and you're not simply telling people what's happening day in, day out within your professional role. It's when you're bringing more colour to that, more humanity to that. And the humanity is where we know you're going to get the greatest reputational benefits um, and protection benefits. So it's important to get that balance right, David. And I think that too often, uh, people go in with a organisation only mindset, and you see those, they're the people who are just regurgitating media releases, um, or who are sharing the latest update of, um, you know, a, a policy announcements, a good example, rather than engaging in conversation, rather than genuinely being interested in what people think about that. And, and look, we might have time to talk about some good examples later on in this chat, but, you know, Victor Dominello would be a wonderful example of that where he is constantly out there not only reminding people what his government is doing updating them on specific initiatives that that he said he would really uh, weeks and months earlier but also seeking feedback and using linkedin and other channels as a way to actually source feedback from people about what they like what they don't like what's the next thing that he and his team should be thinking about down the track and i think that's really important treat these things um, uh, with the respect and with the time and and consideration that they need not as simply another channel to uh, to push corporate messages down
1: how, how active do you need to be to create a meaningful digital brand,
0: an online presence? So I split this into two parts. The first is work on your foundations and get those right. So the things that we were talking about in terms of preparing for one of those meetings, doing the research, um, tidying up your profile, uh, network, we haven't touched on that yet, but making sure you are connected with the right people. Uh, you want to, you know, it's, it seems really simple, but... If you think of your offline network and who is most important for you in that offline world, is that reflected in your online network? And it's really important that there is alignment there. So those foundational pieces, that may take a little bit of time. And those are things that you can uh, engage your support team. Uh, You know, we, we often work with clients to help them get those things up and running as smoothly and quickly as possible. But then the ongoing work, which I think is more what you're talking about here, David, it's literally five to 10 minutes a day. You can be ve- Once you've done that, that foundational work and you've identified what conversations am I going to have, where do I need to be present, who do I need to be talking with, who do I need to be supporting and celebrating and recognizing, once you've done that foundational work and identified those key um, elements to your, your digital brand, your day-to-day activity is very simple because algorithms are incredibly smart. And once you've told them what you're looking for and what you're interested in, they will continue to feed you information that is increasingly refined to suit your circumstances. Let the algorithm do the work. Spend the time up front, curate it, get it right, and then let the algorithm do the work and share with you information that it knows because it's you know it's looking at many more data points than we can or any human can. Um, let it tell you where you should focus your attention so that when you pick up your mobile phone and you open the LinkedIn app, you scroll through your feed. What you see there is quality valuable information that you can either comment on, interact with, uh, follow up with a connection request, whatever it is. It's giving you information that is tailored to you and that can be a very uh, you know efficient process, 5, 10 minutes a day. From there, and we've never had a client tell us otherwise, you will naturally grow in your use of these channels based on the results that you get. So start with 5 or 10 minutes and you will naturally grow into that.
1: So then in terms of just going back a little to this preparation, so uh, you gave some very clear and great advice for people to get ready for those particular meetings and obviously the benefits are obvious and clear if you um, execute uh, a plan to develop and um, generate a a digital um, presence online. What what are the most likely... uh, Questions that, that people are going to have to overcome when they're talking to these leaders, is it things like I don't have enough time, this is frivolous. What what is it? What are they likely to hear from the people? Like they've got to be well prepared. I know that, but perhaps in anticipation, what else? What other answers do they need to have ready to convince uh, leaders that this is going to be benefit not only to them, but importantly to their organisations.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point to address right up front because if you're going into any conversation trying to prove someone or trying to tell someone, look, I need you to take what is already very limited time and I need you to invest that time in something that you're either not currently doing because you're uncomfortable with it, you're fearful of it, you you feel it's been discredited, whatever it is, that's a very hard Uh, case to make. So in any of these conversations, you've got to start by understanding your leader and understanding what it is that matters to them, what it is that drives them, and what it is that they're trying to achieve. And again, what the Dan Andrews research shows us unequivocally is that if you have a digital brand, it will protect you in times of crisis. So if you want to opt in for those sorts of opportunities and you want to have that defence set up ahead of time uh, for when things may go wrong, completely out of your control. Um, It's worth having that brand equity in the bank. If you want to have that, then you've also got to invest the time to ensure that you're setting up properly and setting yourselves up for success. But find out what drives someone, find out what motivates someone. What we do is we use a combination, I suppose, of of understanding our client's strategic priorities, but then looking at what data points do we have that back back those uh, issues up or address those issues. An example might be—I don't know—there seems to be a lot of interest around talent movement at the moment, uh, and, and what future job people are looking for. You know, some people are talking about the Great Resignation. I, I think that's—it sounds very dramatic. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion around that—that that movement of talent. So, for any leader who's sitting within an, an agency at the moment or an organisation, they're going, "Well, how do I ensure that we attract the best talent?" If you then apply that particular challenge to this environment, it naturally leads to an investment of time in building a digital brand, because why? Well, did talent want to see a leader who is visible, or do they want to see a leader who's invisible? They want to know what someone stands for. They want to know what opportunities they're going to get by um, joining this particular organization over another one, particularly in the public versus private sector discussion. If the private sector continues to be more open, supportive, um, and constructive in digital skills development, the public sector will get left behind. And that applies to an individual as much as it does to the work that the brands and institutions are doing. So I think that there's a really important role leaders need to play here in setting the tone and example for inflows of talent and look i mean we may have talked about this before i'm not sure david but there's hard research that's already out there global research that talks to the fact that people would prefer employees would prefer to work with a leader who is visible on social media at a ratio of five to one For one who is not. Why? My guess would be because they they can see what they're getting into, they can develop their own opinions, it builds trust and rapport before you've even met someone. Um, You obviously then want to follow that up and build that down from the leader and see what's happening more at the middle management levels, but it gives you a really clear indication of what an organisation stands for, what's important to them, and how that leader in particular supports and recognises staff. So why wouldn't you want to build a brand and build an asset that helps you to do that and to attract key talent? Well, Roger,
1: that is very good advice. I think the uh, that framework that you have uh, outlined again, the PLAN framework, stands for Profile, Listening, Activity and, and Network. I think they're very simple um, steps that people can organise. And I think the other thing that you mentioned there, which I'm, I'm interested by, is really the access to the freely available tools. It's not necessary that you need uh, some expensive software, That, but you can make uh, a reasonable assessment of what's going on just by using um, the the freely available tools. Is
0: that, is that fair to say? Absolutely right. And look, it's a bit like the five to 10-minute analogy as your starting point and you'll build from there use whatever information you can get there are existing research reports out there the dan andrews one is a good example of that sort of resource that you can get your hands on there are too many now there are too many data points that you can draw from to make a case in the same way that there are too many free tools out there that you can use simply to get an understanding of the environment and if you then need to invest up from there that's fine but you use what's available to you today to at least make the case. And you can always make the case for more resource once someone understands the value proposition. So start small and build from there.
1: Mm. Okay, Rog, where can people um, find out more about um, Plan and being involved with Propel and taking advantage of the uh, skills and expertise that you've built up over the years to, to help the leaders in their organisation?
0: Yeah, the best thing to do, I think, is drop me a a note on LinkedIn. So I'm at, you know, linkedin.com slash in Roger Christie. Keep it nice and simple. And, uh, you know, the other thing I'd say is I'm really – passionate about sharing examples of good leadership to help inspire and encourage others and give them reference points too because I feel like that familiarity is really important to see what others are doing that gives me a bit more confidence about what I can do myself Um, that's really important across the public sector and so I'm constantly trying to find and share those examples online so hop on LinkedIn and find me there and hopefully you'll find some interesting information uh, that, that helps you make the case as well.
1: Excellent. Okay. Roger Christie from the Propel Group. Thank you so much and congratulations on that fantastic piece of uh, research that you developed with Brandwatch around the uh, online digital profile of the Victorian Premier, Dan Andrews. Uh, A wonderful piece of research and an important piece of research for really building that understanding about the importance of developing a digital brand. So thank you very much and congratulations again.
0: Thank you, David. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: And thanks to you, the audience, for coming back once again. Very grateful uh, that you do. Um, we'll be back at the same time in uh, a fortnight with the next episode of GovComs. If you do see the social media promotion for this particular episode, please uh, pass it along, uh, refer it along to somebody else. But if you could also take the time to give us a review in your favourite pod catcher that also helps the program to be discovered so we'd be very grateful if you're able to take the time to do that but thanks again to roger christie wonderful professional and certainly leading the way in australia around social media particularly in government and the public sector and it's not going away it's going to become such an important part of the way that we do communicate with citizens and stakeholders let's get started let's get into this let's get better at the way we go about it. And again, let's get more human. I think that's the key takeaway for me today is don't stand behind the institution, stand behind the person and uh, get those leaders to, to stand forward and to better explain themselves. So there you go. Thanks again for coming by. We'll be back at the same time in a fortnight, but for the moment, it's bye for now. Hello, everyone. David Pembroke here with a very big and exciting announcement. The GovComs Institute new website is now live, www.govcomsinstitute.com. It's a platform, it's a community, and it will feature everything that government communicators from around the world need to know and understand to become better and more effective in their roles. So please... Uh, log on today at www.govcomsinstitute.com, sign up with your email address, we'll take it from there. We're going to build a great global community, so please become a part of it.